welcome back to Behind the Birds. It's your host. I'm back in the host chair today. Eagles.world, Nader, Nod, Nodder. What else do I go by? NG, as the folks call me. Back in the host big, chair today. The big N. The big N, salary cap guy, whatever you want to call me. I am joined today, no Max for the first time in a while. I'm joined today by my friends, my colleagues, my coworkers, my podcast buddies, Jay, Eagles underscore Empire, and Donovan, Philly Eagles Updates. We are going to do a big draft preview podcast today, talk a little bit about some prospects this time, talk about you know options at number 12. We're going to talk about the recent trade of Sam Darnold and the reports that the Falcons might be interested in trading down uh, and review a little bit of the Eagles free agent acquisitions. But before we get there, I'll kick it to you guys. We'll start with the man without 10,000, the man without the K, Donovan. Mets fan Donovan. The Mets go down the Phillies today. Oh, why, why, why do we have to talk about it? I just, I think it's relevant to mention Mets it, fan it, Donovan. We'll go just, to you first. How are you doing on this uh, fine afternoon of Phillies baseball? Uh, I don't want to talk about it. We, Aaron Nola started today, so I understand why. You know, we didn't hit that great. Our offense wasn't that great. But if I'm being honest, the offense in the last three games for the Mets just hasn't been great. It's Lindor's kind of struggled to start the season off. Pete Alonso is doing great. Got to love to see it. But if I'm being honest, I'm not a happy Mets fan right now after three games. Of the season. But that's exactly what you like to hear. So but, Donovan's unhappy. That means Jay's happy. But Donovan, can you tell me about our partnership with Sky Motocars? <laughs> Sky Motocars. And our, and our draft insider. Folks, folks, we are so proud to welcome our, our draft insider, Jay, to Behind the Draft Eagles podcast. No, but, you know, I, I will say this before we get started again, just to, as another intro preview moment. I know we've talked about this a lot, but, you know, Behind the Birds, new podcast. We started this almost about a year ago. Yeah, wow. We're going to have to celebrate our one-year anniversary soon. But, yeah, we started about almost about a year ago. Actually, with the, with the 23rd. It's been a year. It's been it's a year. All, has it been exactly a year? Or I think we no, all... we started in March. No, I think we started. All right, we'll check the date, and then we'll uh, post something on Instagram or something. But, but uh, yeah, it's been almost about a year. We've had these Instagram pages for a while. We've been friends for a little while. Yeah, and I'm still not on the logo. I've been here for a long time. That's right. We have to get Jay on the logo somehow. But we didn't make the logo. We, we got a, uh, a very generous gift from a, from a fan. Well, according, sorry, but according to Apple Podcast, that's the first podcast was posted on uh, April 22nd. Which oh, April 22nd. Which All right, draft so we got preview. about two weeks, about two weeks until, until our first year anniversary. But with that being said, we, you know, we hop on this podcast, kind of a small podcast, up and coming, trying to get ourselves grow. So we got to say this. We got to reiterate to you guys out there. We've been all over this offseason, folks. And, you know, we're doing this. It's sort of a joke, you know, making fun, poking fun of our buddy uh, Adam Kaplan, our friend, friend of the pod, Adam Kaplan and Jeff Mosher. But we have been all over this offseason. I think at every turn, you know, you go back and listen to our podcast. We've been anticipating the Eagles moves. We've been predicting what they're going to do. We had a sense of what they were going to do. I mean, Everybody's been up in arms about the Joe Flacco signing. I think all four of us could have told you that in January, the Eagles were going to have a veteran free agent and probably overpay a little bit. Mm -hmm. um, so I, you know, I think we've got a good handle on this team. And so when we're talking about the players they're looking at at 12, we're going to go through them and see who's likeliest and, and who we like and who's out there. Um, but I, I think just keep, keep your eyes locked on behind the birds, this podcast feed. we got a lot of content coming out for you guys. And uh, yeah, what any any other thoughts before we kick this off? No, let's go Mets. Let's go Mets. Okay, well, not great. Anyway, um, let's start with the Eagles' free agent signings today. The Eagles agreed to terms on a one-year contract. Uh, they re-signed Jordan Howard, running back, and they signed linebacker from uh, Minnesota. His name is Eric Wilson, I believe. Yes, it is. So, I think I'll I'll start with Howard a little bit. I don't really. I don't know why Jordan Howard's still here. I guess I don't really care. This is the type of thing we talked about with the Flacco signing. It's like, I don't have the energy to be upset that the Eagles are going to pay Jordan Howard the veteran minimum for an extra year. It's like, this team is so bad that these moves on the margins can't, you know, you're not going to work me up about them. The, the thing that the Eagles need to be focusing on is the big swings and the big picks and be a big pick at 12. That's what I'm going to be focusing my attention on. I, I, Jordan Howard, I, I kind of like rooting for him. He's, I, I didn't know this, but he's still really, really young. When the Eagles signed him, he was... I think 24. 
So he's 26 years old right now. So he's really young, although we think of him as like this old veteran, um, you know, running backs have short careers, but I guess I'm fine with it. It's not a huge deal. And, you know, maybe he regained some of that form from the Super Bowl or the year after the Super Bowl year, right? He was the year after? Maybe two uh, years after. 2019. 2019, yeah. He was the second leading uh, run. So. Yeah, I mean, he's fine, right? Like, he's fine. Whatever. It's fine. I, if he I gets like, like If he gets like four to six carries a game and they're on third down, who I really don't, it doesn't really matter. Fourth best running, you know, it's like, it, is it really that big of a deal? It's, yeah. It's like until black of me. It's like, the issue is you're no longer, hopefully you don't longer see Boston Scott on like third and two and third yeah, and one right. because right. he's five foot four and like. I like Boston Scott, but he, he needs to be a third down change of pace back. Not a, not a Bruce. I hope on, to on see Boston Scott short. like Naheem Hines. And I yeah. will probably talk about players and stuff in the summer, but. That's right. Jordan Howard. And the other one, the bigger one today, is Eric Wilson. Eric Wilson. Eric Wilson. So he was undrafted free agent in 2017, signed with the Vikings. He started there mainly as a special teamer and then worked his way up. And when uh, Anthony Barr got injured this year, it was Barr who got injured this year. Yeah, Barr tore his pectoral, I think, in week two. So when Barr got injured this year, uh, he stepped in at linebacker and, and put up a really productive season. Um, so I'm kind of curious why he was out on the market this long. Anybody, can, can either of you guys speak to that? I was said, I is it for I mean it's like three point two five million. Is it really like the revenue, the revenue drop? I feel maybe teams are trying to get long term deals and players are holding out for one year deals and the Eagles are open to that. Yeah, I mean they, we should we should also mention we should have mentioned this earlier, but he's he he knows Jonathan Gannon, the Eagles defensive coordinator from Minnesota. Um so, you know, I, I think this is just a case of a guy who was looking for a one, didn't get the money he thought he was going to get. So he decided to take a one-year deal and reunite with a guy that he knew. Um, the Eagles are willing to pay for the one-year deals. And 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 to speak to the one, I, I told Max earlier today that I wasn't a fan of the one-year deals because it's not a lot of upside, right? If a good player, you get, you get a player who hasn't been good for a while, who has some upside and he plays on a one-year deal. If he's really good. 26-year-old like Wilson. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, if he's really good, you don't have him under contract. You're going to have to pay him a lot next year, right? So I would rather him sign like a two-year deal at a cheap value. And the next year we get two years out of him at a pretty cheap value if he's good. If not, maybe you can cut him. In this case, I think what the Eagles are going for is like they got these first – they got these uh, these these one-year deals. If it works out, the player's pretty productive and they enjoy having him. Oh, my God. Look who's joining the podcast. Max. Max Maximus. Oh, do, you, do you guys think I could really go podcast without me? It's not Max, possible. Hopping in in the middle of this episode. Oh my God. Blessing us with his presence. And Donovan stepped hey, out for a second. So I he think, doesn't, he doesn't I even know what happened. It, oh my we had, God. We had, to cancel, we had to cancel Donovan out. That's my thoughts. Donovan, hey, Donovan. What's up, man? How are you? When did you get here? <laughs> you see, folks, this is the best podcast because look at these four friends joining together. <laughs> joining four, baby. What the so, um, but Eric Wilson, I, yeah. So, I, I mean, the upside, I guess, what I was saying, the upside is that if he's really good and the Eagles can't afford to sign him, they get a compensatory selection out of him when he leaves next uh, offseason. Any other thoughts about another, Wilson or Howard? For Wilson, from, yeah, he's just my understanding 26 year old, good coverage linebacker, not the greatest in run mm-hmm. stoppage, but again, they couldn't cover a soul last year. So, the running game isn't an issue, isn't the biggest issue. They can't, EJ they can't, Edwards got that handled, yeah. And to the one-year deals, ironically, both the Eagles' biggest free agent signings were former <clears throat> Minnesota Vikings undrafted free agents. Jonathan Harris. Harris was not drafted either. Uh, Nick Rallis, linebacker coach, was the assistant linebacker coach in Minnesota last year, so that's he knows Wilson. I think the Eagles are a appealing one-year destination for players, especially with coaching staff connections, because I feel like we have not lost a big free agent in like a few years like i feel like the eagles don't lose like that top jeremy tier macklin three. like that was it so it's like yeah but I they didn't like... even give him really an offer didn't they that was like chip, no oh, yeah, yeah. That's all. chip kelly hung up the chip kelly didn't like i remember the story they that oh, i remember yeah. that yeah macklin called back saying he was interested but chip kelly wouldn't answer the phone so Macklin yeah. was like yeah i'm going to kansas city that <laughs> was a whole it was a disaster but i feel like wilson and harris are probably thinking if we play well we can probably get three-year deals and call it a day but this is not the point of the podcast today. Max blessed yeah. us with his presence to discuss the draft today. I well, can't I figure, 
I figured I'm the best draft mine on the team. <laughs> all right. So I just got to like make sure you guys don't screw wow. up. Wow. That's, That's right. Okay. Well, all right. So here's what we want to talk I, about. Okay. Okay. Maybe not the best. Maybe Jay's got a little notch above me, but I know at least I'm better. I didn't than know Greg Cosell blessed us today. Yeah. He doesn't yeah. even mention Nader. It's only my name that gets well, mentioned. Nader's I'm, I'm said. hosting here. This is not my my year. I, Nader, I had my draft years. I'm not as plugged in as these guys are this Nader's year. a big door in the season guy. He likes That's like right. that breakdowns. Like you remember the podcast we had during the year. Nader had these whole sheets filled out for us and everything yeah, I like, I, yeah that's right i mean i like i like here's the thing about the mr season. post-game press conference what do you mean <laughs> <It's>, uh, <laughs> that is true that the, is very um, true every the, time we went to pot after a game it was nader said let's wait till after the press conference there's uh that's right i mean the press conference is important so <laughs> i i think i think for me the offseason's fun because you know i can just come i it literally takes me two seconds to convince myself that anybody we sign or draft is going to be incredible i remember when they, done that. When, they, when they um and they're done that who did they sign in like two or three years ago, a linebacker that didn't even get to play. Corey on the Nelson. Team. Corey Nelson. Corey Nelson. So I signed Corey Nelson, <laughs> and I it took me like five minutes to convince myself. That this or team. or Paul Warlow. Did he? Warlow. I was. I didn't make the roster. Warlow was like, yeah, Corey Nelson better than Michael Kendricks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Warlow towards ACL. Kendricks wasn't good. Kendricks wasn't good. I just want everyone to remember that. Michael Kendricks was never good. Kendricks was not good, but but too much slander on Kendricks because he saved. On, on that fourth down play against Atlanta in the, in the divisional round, they he had they had Devonta leaking out on the backside, and that was Kendricks's man. And old Michael Kendricks runs Sprinted. after the quarterback. He stuck with Freeman, who would have been wide open on the backside for a touchdown on the last play. We would have crucified Michael Kendricks, but good for him. He stayed on the backside. He would have had a hit two of the most them, hated honestly. players. Two of the most hated players in that play: Michael Kendricks and Jalen Mills, the biggest two players. Michael yeah, Kendricks. Yeah, yeah. I thought Michael Kendricks was going to prison, but I. No, you know, he got out. Yeah, he, had, yeah. he got out of it. So NFL anyway, player, man. Deshaun so, Watson might, but not I think he's back in Seattle now. <laughs> Mike so, Kendricks right. is. He is in Seattle. No, he's in oh, Washington. Okay. Oh, Kendrick. Oh yeah. Wait, what? Kendricks in Washington. I have to. We gotta Google this. This is a he very last professional year. podcast here, folks. Good content, Michael Kendricks. Plays I thought he was for. He was a the. Nobody. Oh, he might be a free agent right now, but look last year. He played for the Washington Redskins. Yeah, football team. Football team. Football team. Sorry, football team. Do you remember when the Washington football team signed Kerry Williams? Yeah. Do you remember? Yeah. Wait, wait. Can we talk Damn about? Mount I mean, Rogers. this is a huge tangent, but but why didn't they just pick a new name? I don't know. What the hell is Washington? Because Dan Snyder team? likes the soccer type. Yeah, this is that's so team. stupid. This is really one of those. It, it doesn't work if everybody has a team name and your football team. Yeah. It and works that, if you're saying like Philadelphia at Washington is is fine, but uh, Eagles at football, football team, team sucks. Or Eagles so, at Washington. It doesn't. Yeah, make sense. it's so stupid. Anyway, <laughs> it's, it's really yeah. annoying. It's really annoying. Anyway, so okay, so here's what we're gonna get into first. We want to talk about Max missed the intro, so he doesn't know any of this. But we want to talk about. Uh, we're first going to talk about, let's first talk about the trade, the Sam Darnold, the New York Jets picking number two traded Sam Darnold, their quarterback. They took uh, high in the first round a couple of years ago to the Carolina Panthers who are picking eighth. We on the preview pod, Max Donovan and I did when we ran through some mock draft scenarios, we thought Carolina was a prime spot for a quarterback. We thought that pick was definitely going to be a quarterback. They're no longer in the market for one after trading for Darnold. So they could trade out of that spot. They could go offensive line. They could pretty much do anything at this point. So, what do you guys think? What are the implications for the Eagles of this trade, taking Carolina out of the QB market and potentially having a team maybe jump up in front of Denver? I think it's going to be Jay. the lineman. You think it's going to be yeah. a line? I think the best case scenario for Carolina is they get Kyle Pitts. Is Kyle Pitts false? Yeah, but I think that's I the best case scenario. I agree. Miami's the team. Miami's the team to look out for to stop that. But I think the best case scenario for Carolina is they get Kyle Pitts, who falls into their laps at eight. It's good which I think is bad news. Honestly. Which I think is bad news for the Eagles because a couple of days ago we said we didn't really see Kyle Pitts going to Carolina. It wasn't really that much of a possibility. You know, he could fall to nine at Denver, and maybe we could trade up. Now I don't see that happening. The best case scenario for Philadelphia now is that Penny Sewell goes eight. Yeah, we can talk about scenarios all we want, but I I think I don't think it's going to be Rayshon Slater because I. Texted you guys in the group chat yesterday. And the league sees Rayshon Slater as an offensive guard and a I think he can, right tackle. He can move around. He can move around. Yeah, well, the issue is that Carolina had – they just spent decent money on Pat Elfline Elf this offseason, and they have John Mill, Miller. He's they, so they have two starting guards. I don't think you're going to take a guard eighth overall unless they're, like, yeah. you know, Quentin Nelson. And yeah. they already have a franchise right tackle. They franchise tag Taylor Moten. 
And so they need a left tackle. So I think they would like sprint to the podium for Penny Sewell. I think they're, I wonder what happens with Russell Okung. He's still a free agent. I think they have interest in bringing him back. They could sign him after the draft, you know, like that there's always like a flurry of veterans signing after the draft. But I think to me, I feel like they're a prime location to be that first defensive player off the board. I, I feel like, Detroit, unless Detroit takes a quarterback, which they could, I think Waddle and Sewell are going to go seven and eight in some combination. I think they take Jalen Waddle to replace uh, Curtis Samuel. And then Robbie Anderson's a free agent in a year. They could take a corner like J.C. Horner, Patrick Sertan. So th- that kind of then screws the Eagles because Dallas at 10 sits there and thinking, well, they might take a corner. Could they take Micah Parsons? Maybe. I don't know if they will. But that's just kind of a number. They only they took only defensive players last year, so I feel like they're going to take an offensive player. I feel like it's going to be Sewell or Waddle, which isn't like ideal, but like not like a backbreaker for the for the Eagles because we don't think they're taking an offensive player. I wouldn't rule it out, Quiddy Pay either. I mean, they have Brian Burns on the other side. You, well, they signed Hassan Reddick. They did. They yeah, they did. They did. So, so like, I, but, and I then mean, they have a uh, Utero Gross Matos. So I feel like they're not going to take yeah. an edge. I feel like it's setting. I feel like it's a perfect setup to take Jalen Waddle, I feel like that's the only receiver they could take there because, again, we're not the biggest Devontae Smith fans here. Yeah. I mean, we'll get, but, we'll get into Smith later, yeah. Yeah, like I said, though, I think I think the best-case scenario for them is that Kyle Pitts falls to, to eight, and I think Miami's the only team stopping that. I don't see Detroit taking Kyle Pitts. or And you have to, you have to ca- counter in the Atlanta pick at four if they're going to trade down because if, if a team is trading up, they're obviously taking – one of the top four quarterbacks on the board. Well, think about think about this now. We're talking about Atlanta. We can transition to Atlanta now. Yeah. But Carolina picking at eight. That's a that's a that's a non quarterback team. Yes. Why would, if you're Denver, let's say, why would you trade to four if there's no if, real if there's yes. no quarterback yes. likelihood yeah. coming between when Atlanta picks at four and you are do you. How because worried are you? Washington, right. Washington. Yeah. You got Chicago. Mm-hmm. Even though Chicago says they're they're committed to Andy Dalton, I don't know how you could be if you're Ryan Pace. Like I, I don't understand it. But who's going to trade down that far? Because I don't think like Cincinnati's not going to trade out of five. I think Miami's I think Washington. Washington. I, I think the Washington. threat. Yeah, I think the threat is Carolina at at eight could trade down, and I think what Denver could do is just swap picks with Carolina to prevent anybody from trading up in front of them. Um, but Jay mentioned Atlanta. We can even get more more in depth about Atlanta. The, there were reports that Atlanta at four is willing to trade down. I think ultimately that pick, no matter who makes it, is going to be a quarterback. a quarterback. It's probably going to be Trey Lance. Yeah, yeah I, I think, think it's be Trey Lance. Yeah, I think. But in terms of Atlanta trading down a possibility, I think Washington is a team where they feel as if they have the defense already. They have the pieces. They have some pieces around them on offense. Antonio Gibson, the running back. Terry McLaurin, wide receiver. They just signed Curtis Samuel. Like well, who, we mentioned today mentioned, who today mentioned that Washington's unlikely to move up? I feel like someone someone said that. That was me. That was me. Who said it, though? Breer. Breer. Albert Breer. Breer. And the thing with Atlanta and then all the other teams in the top 10. So Atlanta, okay, they're open to moving down. Is How open is Cincinnati, Miami? I think they're not likely to move down. Miami's not going to move down at a six after trading up no. from 12 to six. So Detroit... Could Detroit drop down? Could Detroit drop down to nine and take – could Detroit drop down to nine? Wasn't it Albright who was saying that Detroit might take a quarterback? Uh, I could yes, that's right. I mean, Albright, so, Albright did say that, and I think we talked about that a little bit in the last podcast. I like that idea a lot, especially because I don't think they're married to Jared Goff at all. No. And depending – it could be Fields is the one who drops and depending on their evaluation of him. But I think we're getting a little bit too much into the – you know, the, the speculation of, of some possible scenarios. I, I think what's Atlanta, relevant here is like, yeah, Atlanta, the fact that they might trade out and, and that, that, that pick likely will be but a, it's quarterback. a quarterback. Right. But where they move back, Atlanta moving right. back to nine, we'll say that is potentially another defensive player off the board. And I would think it would be a corner or a, uh, Atlanta needs basically help at every defensive level. How much do they value? I feel like Terry Fontenot coming from New Orleans, they've taken some players who has some sh- shaky character issues. Chauncey Gardner-Johnson 
uh, being one of them. They signed Janoris Jenkins after someone found a dead body in his house. So I feel like they could take Micah Parsons. But that Atlanta trading back, I feel like, hurts them because, well, that would probably be the farthest Kyle Pitts fell if he somehow got past uh, Carolina. And they might take another defensive player off the board. So ideally, in the ideal world, Detroit, well not Detroit, Denver calls Atlanta's bluff, that a, or the league's bluff that a quarterback could slip to them, and then they take Trey Lance, which I think is what's going to happen, because I sent, I texted you guys in the group chat that little birdie said that Atlanta is open to both, but two of the three biggest powers in Atlanta want the quarterback. A little birdie, that's funny. A little birdie <laughs> told me that. I didn't like that. I don't like being out of the loop. It's not fun. So, so yeah, so essentially, I mean, like we talked a lot about the possibilities in the last podcast. So what we wanted to do on this one, and uh, we're going to have to change the structure a little bit now that Max is here. But what we're yeah, going to do is we're going to look, we're going to look yeah. at, we're going to hey, look at about, Mets win today, Donovan. That's right. We, we already clowned Donovan. I, 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 all right. <laughs> I'm not even going to. So, uh, so what we're going to do is we're going to take about 13 prospects that we think could be at play for the Ooh. Eagles in the first round. And originally, we were going to give uh, each of the these pa- two guys the Panthers, uh, the about Panthers, a minute. The Panthers AJ just Boye. signed the cornerback. The Panthers Ooh. just signed AJ Boye. That's that's eh. interesting. That's but I mean, news. it's not. He's not. That doesn't stop them from doing something. Obviously, right. it's AJ Boye. I still he's think it's old. going offense anyway. He suspended. He suspended for the first two games of the season. As but well. that is a placeholder. Carolina again, again picks high in the second round. I think there are good corners in the second. Sante Samuel Jr. Why I. Hey, they took a they took a well, well, Kaplan was saying what wide receivers and cornerbacks what really what would it, uh Carolina was looking at. Yeah. I feel like it's gonna be Jalen Waddle unless he's gone. But Very I good don't replacement for uh, I don't think Sewell seems like he's slipping. I I don't even know where he's gonna end up going. It's hard to say. And if it's if it's not Cincinnati, there's some Miami, 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 Miami. Detroit, Carolina, Denver. Basically, all those teams picking after Cincinnati could take him. I just anybody don't. could ever take a, a lineman ever. Yeah, it doesn't even like Denver, who signed Garrett Bowles to a huge contract and has Juwan James on a big contract, could just take him. But nonetheless. So, right. So, oh, what we're going to do is, these prospects. there's three of us. There's three. Uh, well, I, I'm going to host. So, there's three three guys here. And I'm going to ask you guys what you think is the best way to do this. We could, I could give you each about 30 seconds to talk about every player, or you can all rotate and get a big chunk, you know, each claim a player. And then the other two could add thoughts at the end if, if, if one person missed something. Whatever you guys prefer, we can do. Think we that's, should, a great, uh, that's a great, that's a great response. That's a great answer. Oh, uh, you know, I think we should just. Let's go round robin. Yeah. All right. Okay. That's what we'll do. All right. So here's what we're going to do. I'm going to introduce the players by order of my uh, big board that I'll put together on the fly right here since I haven't made one in a couple of weeks. Uh, And then you guys can round robin each talk about uh, what each of you will get the big chunk of the player. And then the other two can add any notes. Um, We're going to talk about who the player is, their background, their strengths, their weaknesses, the odds that they are available at number 12 for the Eagles and the odds the Eagles actually pick them. So we're going to skip the quarterbacks for now. We'll talk about the quarterbacks as well as some other players that the Eagles might target if they end up trading down again at the very end. We're going to do that a little differently. I'm going to start with Jamar Chase, LSU's wide receiver. He took the 2020 season. He took to, he took away from football, uh, I think, for safety reasons uh, and because he was the best player, one of the best players in college football in 2019 and keep his draft stock high. So the first player I'll kick to you guys is Jamar Chase, LSU's wide receiver. What are your thoughts? We'll start with Jay. Yeah, Jay, come on. Hurry up. How are you? Like, I haven't even thought about Jamar Chase in weeks. Now it's kind of got me on the spot. Obviously, Chase is wide receiver one. He's the most talented wide receiver prospect in this draft. I don't think he's the most talented wide receiver prospect in, in the world. <laughs> like, uh, I think, I think he he's beat kinda, the number one last year's draft, too. I think he's entering the overrated category of prospect. Oh, no, of no, no, oh, no, 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 He is. Hey, Are you kidding me? because the Eagles no, can't take him no, anymore. I would have told you. I said this. Oh, if you look, uh, uh, I, I, I literally told I told you guys that Kyle Pitts was the best pass catcher in this class. And I agree with you. You said he struggled he on the press, I believe. And he does. I like he does. Jay he, said he struggles on the press a little bit. And he does. He does. AJ Terrell pressed him. He does. I agree with that. But. 
it does not mean he's overrated. I've always no, been, lots okay, of receivers. I think, does that, lots mean, of receivers, does that mean I think he's a of, second round pick? No, no, no. I'm saying, but I'm lots saying, of great receivers who's come out in the recent years have struggled against. The basically, press. what it's Jay's saying not, here is that. He all the scouts that listen to this just take Jamar Chase off your boards. No. Yeah, yeah. All I'm saying is that in the grand scheme of this wide receiver <laughs> realm, I don't put him in the upper echelon of like Julio Jones, and he's gonna go sixth overall or fifth overall. I don't think he's a top for the AI. I would have been happy with taking him uh, just based right. on historical positional value. I don't. I have know. a question for Jay. I have a question for Jay. What was the question? You put Jamar Chase in last year's class. Where is he going? Where is he falling between the wide receivers of Ruggs, Judy, CeeDee Lamb, and Justin Jefferson and Rager? And he'll probably go, he's probably, I have no clue why the CeeDee Lamb fell. I don't think we'll ever know. I think he goes 12th. Actually, the Raiders actually confused me because they took the, I think they wanted speed. So I feel like the Ruggs still might have gone first. I feel like he would have been the second this receiver. Year? No, last year. No, no. He's, I'm saying, I'm saying, you take Jamar Chase and put Just him in based last on year. what happened. I think he'd be the second receiver off the board, unless the Raiders were not set on taking these fastest okay. receivers. Oh, mm. I think, but, he's, the, but look at the top. The top ten was so set, and nobody in the top ten was taking a receiver. Twelve was the highest. The I mean, I, I, I think he would have been the top prospect. I don't know if he goes first. Like Jay said, the Raiders are not. Yeah. A, I wouldn't say they're the smartest. Like I think, pretty sure Mayock and Gruden did the draft by themselves last year. Um, with no scouts, but but They're I also think weird though, you know, yeah. quarantine and everything. Yeah, it yeah, was a weird right. draft. So I think I think you know with Chase, uh, I, you know, we can talk about. At the end of the day, he's not going to be there at twelve. We are almost certain he's going to go five or six, unless unless a Laramie Tunsil situation happens on draft right. day and right, no. and he just yeah, not an unexpected happen. slide is possible. We think he's going early in the draft. We don't think he'll be there, but he's a bigger bodied receiver, um, and I think he'd be a perfect fit in the Eagles offense in the unlikely scenario. He falls to number 12. Um, my understanding is that he's also, he was more productive in his year in 2019 than Smith was. Well, I guess you can't say that Smith had a ridiculous year, but, but he had insane productivity in 2019 when he was playing and was Joe Burrow's top target ahead of Justin Jefferson at LSU. Any other That's thoughts about Chase before we keep going? And slander. No. Here. Okay. No, that I think us, yeah, Jay. Uh, yeah, uh, that brings uh, us to number two on my board, Florida tight end Kyle Pitts. And I almost don't want to call him a tight end. I'm going to say Florida pass catcher Kyle Pitts. We'll go to Donovan, who's very eager to talk about Mr. Pitts. Huh. Okay. All right. So, I mean, I listen, I've always loved Kyle Pitts. I mean, Kyle Pitts wasn't always considered a top 10 pick, even. I would say a little bit before the college season ended, he was his draft range kind of depended on what team I, could he went like 15 to New England, and then it was like eight, yeah, to Carolina that's what I'm saying, right? 15. There was no real like range, yeah, that's what I'm saying. The range always kind of depended, and and now we kind of view Kyle Pitts as like a pretty much a guaranteed top 10 pick. Uh, there's no way he doesn't go top 10 if whether it's Dallas who he falls to 10, Dallas Tech selects him. Carolina at eight, Miami at six, but he's going to go top 10. And Kyle Pitts is, is a type of player. And we get this a lot with NFL fans. It's the NFL is almost becoming a positionless game. And it's, it, it's just, it's just a matter of how you play. It doesn't matter of what position you play. And Kyle Pitts is one of those players that can line up pretty much anywhere. He can wide up, he can line up as your X receiver and he can line up as your tight end and he could, he can, he's great on the press and he could create open space. He's a, he's a good route runner, great hands. And he's just an overall great prospect and a potentially hall of fame generational tight end slash talent overall. And the chances that he falls to 12 is very close to minimum probably to 0%, 0%. to 0%. The chance that he falls to eight or nine, I would say, I would say you're looking at a 50 50 chance. And whether the Eagles trade up to get Kyle Pitts, it all depends because who's who is, is Carolina going to listen to the offers or do they really want Kyle Pitts? So, you know, it's all going to depend. But I think you're looking at Kyle Pitts not being there at 12, but it's still a possibility the Eagles could get him at eight or nine if they trade up. Kyle Pitts, uh, Huge catch radius, has really long arms, yeah. physical at the point at, at the catch point, 
Um, you know, he's not, I wouldn't say he's the most polished receiver right now, my understanding, but I think the Eagles, if they, if they got him would play him a tight end, uh, ahead of Dallas Goddard, he would start in front of Dallas Goddard, uh, despite some suggestions on Twitter otherwise. And I also heard some people on Twitter saying that, you know, you don't take a tight end in the first round, anything like that. I, I don't think that, that, I think that misunderstands the, the analytics of positional value. Um, and we can have a longer debate about that. We don't have to have it anymore because Kyle Pitts is not going to fall to 12. His floor is 10 at Dallas. I don't even think he gets there. I'd be very upset if he gets there. And if he's at nine, I think we, like we talked about a lot, the Eagles could make an aggressive move to go get him. Um, I just, but again, the, he's not going to be there. I just hate the argument that not, not necessarily in Kyle Pitts, not just with Kyle Pitts. I hate the argument with NFL fans that, Oh, this guy is built like a slot receiver. Oh, this guy is built like a slot corner. A lot of people are saying Asante Samuel, for example, is built like a slot corner. He's 5'11". I don't remember how much he weighs, but he probably weighs, I would say, 195 or in that range, whatever. But he necessarily doesn't have to play slot. Justin Jefferson, everybody thought he was a slot receiver. And what did he prove last season? He had a great rookie season and didn't really play in the slot. But it's just stop judging guys by their by their by their tight by by the way they look by the way they 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 weigh or the way they they yeah you know what i'm saying good 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 life advice as well yeah um <laughs> so with that being said i don't think we need to spend that much more time on kyle pitts i will kick it to the next guy on my board uh, and we'll kick it to max to tell us a little bit about this guy we oregon about? oregon offensive tackle penny sewell yeah, I guess I, I'll take some Sewell. I'll, I'll hype Sewell up a little bit. He's not, Again, I don't think he makes his 12 either. He's probably most likely what sounds like he's going to be the top offensive lineman taken off the board. We've heard some rumors out there that Slater could potentially be picked before him. He's on above him on some NFL team's boards. But Sewell's more of a guy where he's not a project, but he's not a guy who is going to go in game one and be an absolute tank. He's a guy who has a huge ceiling and is very good in the pass and run protection, but he's still got a lot to learn about the offensive tackle position and being a tackle in the NFL in particular, because in the Pac-12, you don't see many, um, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for here, Nader? Many, not good, but like you don't see many elite tackle or NFL defensive quality, prospects. Yeah. Defense. Pac-12 is known for not having defense. That's right. So, again, I don't think Sewell makes it 12. I do, I do think he's the first offensive lineman at the board as high as, I think as high as five. I don't think the Falcons would take Sewell. And yeah, it's pretty much all I got for you on that one. Donovan, anything to add? Cause I think we lost Jay briefly. No, I think I, I agree with Max. I mean, it's, it's also like the first three guys that we're going into are, are pretty much not going to be they're not. They're not so like, yeah. yeah. So like we're trying to get these guys out of the way first, but yeah. Penny Sewell I, is a guy who, like I said before with Kyle Pitts could be a generational offensive tackle and like max said he could be a guy who doesn't come in right away and lights it up at his tackle position whether it's left tackle or right tackle yeah and i think you could see some flexibility at guard uh we'll we'll see what once he gets to the pros but you know i think penny sewell has no shot at getting to 12 i think the lowest the highest he goes the highest he goes i would say is four and i would say to atlanta if atlanta keeps that pick i think He's a strong consideration for Atlanta. And I think the lowest he goes is maybe nine to Denver. Okay. And I would add the Eagles don't have a need at offensive tackle per se. Um, but it's something it's something you could do. Yeah, it's they something. have a long I mean, here's the thing. They definitely have a long term need at offensive tackle, and that yes. is primarily because uh um Lane Johnson's getting up there in age a little bit. And nothing else that they have has really been proven at any level. Um, so, you know, Dillard and Mylotta are going to fight for that left tackle position, but I don't think you're comfortable with either of them long-term. Um, and so with that being said, if there is an elite, you know, offensive, if there's an elite offensive tackle prospect or an elite offensive, uh, you know, player at that position that's available, I think the Eagles have to at least consider it. Um, so, yeah, that's what I have on him. The next guy we'll talk about, I think I'll switch it up and kick it to the defensive side of the football for you guys. Is Jay there? I don't think he's there. No, right he's now. not there. I'll take so it we'll, again. Okay, we'll go back to Max. 
Uh, the next guy I have is Patrick Sertain, Alabama's cornerback. And I think this is one of the first guys that is definitely has a good shot at being available at the Eagles. He might be the first defensive player off the board for all we know. Yeah. But yeah, Sertain, I think the big thing with what a lot of teams like about Sertain is he was a three-year starter at Alabama, you know, one of those most competitive colleges in the country for football. And he's got a lot of good traits, you know. His experience is very good. Uh, Hold up, I just pulled up my scouting report. Let's see. Yeah, he is from a – his dad was a Pro Bowl cornerback. Very good. Uh, Lance Zerling has him as Namdi Asmoa was his comp. That's There you go. That's that's the real triggering uh, player for Eagles fans. Yeah, the good awesome one. But no, yeah, definitely. I think I think personally the Eagles would be more interested in JC Horn than Sertan. But Sertan at 12 is definitely something the Eagles are gonna consider given the fact that, you know, who's playing cornerback next to Darius Sly. Yeah, that's a good point. And I mean, I think if you're gonna ask me what position next year immediately has the biggest hole, and it's it's a hundred percent who's playing cornerback next to Darius Slay. Um because the answer right now is at least uh, the Eagles have like you know talent at wide receiver. That's the big yeah, thing. That's right. And bodies, too. literally just bodies. Exactly, bodies as well. Yeah. Um. So Sertain, yeah, I I think he's gonna be the first cornerback off the board. Maybe maybe to Dallas at ten. It's gonna be him or Horn. He's Farley's a bigger. He's anymore. a bigger cornerback, right? Yeah. Six yeah. two. So right. So I mean, definitely an, uh, something to keep your eye on. I, I think the Eagles when they traded down from uh. 6 to 12, they told us two things. One of them is that they think the quality of player they can get at 12 is still very high. And the second very important thing is that they didn't think that the value of player that they would get at 6 was worth the 6th pick. So I think that tells you a lot about Kyle Pitts specifically. I don't think the Eagles wanted to take Pitts at 6 because he's probably would have been there. Um, and I think the other thing you can learn from that is that they might be angling for some of those defensive players that are a little early to take at 6 but are perfect sweet spots to take at 12. And with Jay back, the next guy we're going to talk about uh, that Max mentioned already is South Carolina's cornerback, J.C. Horn. Perfect. I love J.C. Horn. Like, I would rank J.C. Horn as my number one cornerback right now over Patrick Sertan. I know you guys talked about Sertan, so I'm just going to comment a little bit. Insane body. Like, he's six foot, 200 pounds, long-armed. He's the prototypical Jonathan Gannon corner. I don't know where he's going to go in terms of the top two corners because I could totally see Horn going higher. But I think he dove like 50-50 shot he's there. I think 33% chance he's there. I think there's another player we'll talk about a little later. Along with J.C. Horn, who another guy, really long, twitchy athlete, pretty good fundamentally sound, uber physical, has some issues grabbing at the top of the route. He got away with that in college because he could. I don't think he'll get away with that in the NFL. So we'll see. But I think a couple weeks ago, after the trade, I said I think he was my prediction. He's one of my predictions. Nader, you mentioned that going from 6 to 12 kind of opens up the possibility of a defensive player, and I think it does. And I think Horn and Sertan are two of the three major possibilities. And I know that a post of mine was stolen by Maximus and JC. I had it I had it in my drafts, Jay, but then once you so. <laughs> Once you posted yours, I had to give you credit so it didn't make me look like a fraud. JC Horn is one of his guys, so I let him I let him go on about go on about him. I mean you hit on most of it. I just think JC Horn's more physical cornerback. I think he fits Gannon's play style a lot better. I think he's they want to play him. they want to play press zone and yeah. And the thing about Horn too is that he's he he can move from outside to slot very easily. I don't he won't need to play slot. He's gonna yeah, no, I'm saying but he's too. he has that versatility though. Which is great. He has number one corner swag. He does. He does have number one corner swag. So I think he's another guy that probably is there and a serious option at number 12 for the Eagles. Um, I think the earliest he goes, maybe nine. But if he's there at 12, I think he could be the top player on the Eagles board and somebody that they were angling for when they traded down. So I think, he, I think he is the top one of like obviously not the top yeah. player overall, but I think when yeah. you go down to twelve, I think you're mm-hmm. gonna in that draft room because we'll have a draft room this time. I think they'll sit there and position it and say, "Hey, that's our top defensive player." Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's done. Pick is in. JC Horn. I think they're gonna love. I think if he's there, I agree with that. I, and then same kind of thing with Sertan. I think they debate a little bit, but if it's JC Horn, I think or another guy that we're gonna talk about in a little bit. Don't you? 
that's I'm ready for him. <laughs> I'm ready. Okay, you can give Jay him, I guess. Yeah. Well, I was gonna. Sure. I was actually gonna throw it to. Uh, well, we can go to Jay, but I was gonna give it. Uh, go back to the offense side of the football. Jay, oh, do you want to take your guy, or do you want do you want to go back to offense? Give it to him now. Give it to him now. All right. All right. So the next guy we'll talk about is uh, Quiddy Pay. Um, Michigan's defensive end who has drawn actually a lot of interesting, I'd say comparisons to current Eagles defensive end, Brandon Graham, who also went to Michigan. The Eagles have a sneaky need. I'd say a defensive end with, uh, Derek Barnett entering the last year of his deal. Josh sweat has knee problems, which is why he fell in the draft in the first place. That's a side tangent is people are getting really excited about Josh sweat and rightfully so he's very good, but he's not a snap count though. He's got injury. He doesn't have the body to be a starter, right? So with Barnett entering last deal, Brandon Graham getting up there in age and Josh sweats injury problems, the Eagles who have invested a lot, a lot in the first round in the trenches could be looking at defensive end and the best defensive end on the board. I think, is Quiddy Pay. So Jay, let's let's talk about him. So Quiddy Pay, I just looked it up. It would just be a perfect scenario. The Eagles took Fletcher Cox 12th overall in 2012. Brandon Graham went 13th overall. So it fits into that perfect defensive lineman range. And I talked about it uh, a, a post I did pretty recently. Since 2001, they've had eight top eight top 15 selections. Six of them are defensive linemen. The last two, well, three have been. Two of the last three have been edge rushers. Quiddy Pay, he's and literally the everything they had about Derek Barnett, he's flipping. Barnett, great college production, lower ceiling, not the best athlete. Quiddy Pay, high ceiling, very athletic, explosive get off, has elite bend and leverage, but the college production wasn't there. Who you think his best season in college had six and a half sacks, but there's a few guys that just break your scouting score. And Danielle Hunter broke mine a few years ago because he had four and a half sacks in three years in college. And now <laughs> look where he is. So college production isn't a great measurement. And that's why teams just don't look at stats and say, okay, you're good. You're good. You're not. Quiddy Pay has the traits to one day match that production while also coming into the NFL being an elite run defender. It makes so much sense because he is Brandon Graham if he didn't without the torn up knee early on in his career. I think he's one of the three players they're going to consider hard. I think they would take JC Horn over him. I think they would consider him over Patrick Sertan. And I have no doubt in my mind, they would take him over the wide receivers. He, he screams Eagle and I would not be upset because if someone tells you that if they make one pick in this draft and it's a failure, then uh, don't listen to them because they have 10 other picks. And if you know, you know. <laughs> Anybody else have anything to add about Quiddy Pay, who I think is going to be the first defensive end off the board and the That's second likeliest the Eagles pick? No, no, I think Jay, Jay, Jay made a really good point about Brandon Graham, the similarities right there. I mean, not only they go to the same college. Oh, nonstop. Same thing. Nonstop motor leader. Like, you're going to hear what they people said about Quiddy Pay. I believe, it, I, be, I believe they're, like, the same tight, like, height weight like around that area when they got it when they came out shorter thicker he's built like if you're gonna if we're gonna become the minnesota vikings well Derek barnett obviously not the same player built like daniel hunter quiddy pay is built like everson griffin he is a plug and play type player obviously they don't need him to play 70 percent of snaps as a rookie because they have two other guys but brandon graham's on two years left on his deal Derek, like nader said Sneaky need. Derek Barnett, one year left on his deal. Josh Wett, one year left on his deal. Josh Wett is a, not a full-down player. If you re-sign Sweat but let Barnett walk in a year, you still have a needed defensive end. Just be, not just, And they still do because Jannard Avery is a linebacker now and Vinny Curry is a Jet. So you still need a defensive end. So if anyone's telling you that's not a need, they just care about taking a 170-pound wide receiver. So speaking of 170-pound wide receiver... <laughs> uh, we'll kick the next one to Donovan. All right, let's do Donovan. Uh, Alabama wide receiver Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner. Mm-hmm. One of the most productive college seasons ever. But the big knock on him is that he is extremely undersized. He's about 6'1", 170 pounds. 
really skinny, uh, and he doesn't play very fast. Jalen Waddle is actually, I think, physically he's shorter than him. He's, he's definitely bigger. bigger than him, but he's shorter than him, right? And a lot of players in the league are pretty short and and not that heavy. But the difference is a lot of those players rely on speed, and they use the fact that they're light to their advantage. Devonta Smith's not that fast. He runs about a four or five, and he relies pretty much on route running. Yeah, now, he's a that's great. He's, okay. a, he's a good route runner. Uh, the problem is what's going to happen in the NFL when they press him at the line of scrimmage, they push him around a little bit and he can't get into his routes, Donovan. We haven't seen anybody with his frame be successful in the league. What do you think about Devonta Smith? You know, I'll say this though, in college, just speaking on what he did at college, he was, he was pretty good on press, on press coverage. He got away from press good. He had quick feet and he was able to defeat press coverage. He's, he's smooth. He's, he kind of reminds me of Jerry Judy in terms of the route running, because I think Jerry Judy was the best receiver in the class last year. Just be, I think Jerry Judy was the best route runner in the last couple of years coming out of college. So I think in terms of route running, I think Devontae Smith reminds me a lot of Jerry Judy. He's a fluid route runner and he's got, he's got good body control hands. He's tough. Just, you know, even though he's, he's, he's undersized, historically undersized, I think he's still tough, you know, the possibility of him coming going at 12, I think, is the highest that I've mentioned so far out of Kyle Pitts, and uh, we've mentioned a couple others. Um, Quiddy Peg is going to be there at 12, but Devontae Smith, I think, is a guy who – I wouldn't guarantee Peg should at 12. I, th- I would think so. I think, I think a couple – The Giants month ago, could take him. The Giants could take him. I think, they, I think if Waddle's there, though, I think they'll take Waddle. Waddle is a Giant but, if he's there. Yeah, That's basically the, the understanding yeah. that I've heard. You know, Waddles, they'll go Waddle over Devontae Smith if they're both there. But I would say, you know, a month ago, Devontae Smith was a no-brainer top 10 pick. You know, he was probably the one of the first wide receivers off the board, probably number one. Some mock drafts had him going number two overall. So in the beginning. So, I mean, this is a guy who is like who, – who people have learned that he's historically undersized and his stock has kind of dropped. And, you know, he didn't have the greatest pro day in the world but you know he didn't he ran have a, a pro day four or five. Oh wait no that's right well he yeah because mac, jones, mac jones yeah he ran some routes for mac jones i'm sorry oh, okay yeah i'm sorry i forgot about that but um yeah i mean he he didn't he didn't weigh in at his he weighed in at 170 he told everybody he was 170 so i mean you know his lack of size is going to be a problem but it whether he you know kind of bulks up a little bit is remain to be seen, but I think he's a good prospect. I think, I think he'll be fine. I think he's good at the third best wide receiver in this class. And yeah, we'll see. If you want a hot take from me, it's that I'm completely out on Devonta Smith. I would be excited if the Eagles take him um, because I like convincing myself that players are going to be good, even if they're not going to be good. I just... 30, if they got him at 37, which is impossible. <laughs> oh, yeah, like, no, that'd I mean... be like great because like right. people have said like, oh, but Chad Ochocinco played at 170 pounds. Well, Chad Ochocinco was a second round pick and I would not say they're similar players or, Oh, Deshaun Jackson played at 170 pounds, but Deshaun Jackson's the fastest two different places. Yeah. Two different Deshaun play Jackson's styles. The best deep threat to ever play in the NFL. Yeah. And you look at the last time, like Marquise Brown was sub 180. I think he was like 175 and I wouldn't say he's been worth a first round pick at all. Mm-hmm. And he had, and he has breakaway speed. But right. he's not just—he's just not burning everyone down field. Because, John, and then, John Ross. I mean, he's dealt with injuries, but even then. And then they get hurt. Marquise Brown. Marquise. Well, John Ross had injury issues. Marquise Brown, I'd say, was relatively healthy, except the foot screw. But he's been yeah. banged up. And Devontae Smith. It's just you're banking on an outlier. I can like. I'd rather take the edge rusher who isn't a pretty pick than bank on an outlier because there's a better chance that Devontae Smith fizzles out than most players. I, I just, I don't think he's on the Eagles board for what it's worth. I think this is a scenario with the scouts, give him a good grade, but the Eagles ultimately decide that he is not someone they're going to consider because analytic, of the size. And, and they look at the analytics no. and look at the end of the day, like the analytics say no. And what that means is that nobody of his size and speed has been productive in the NFL. And there's a reason for that. It's because even in college, he struggled with press at the line. If you put Devonte Smith against Darius Slay, Darius Slay is going to punch him in the chest off the line of scrimmage, and Smith is not fast enough to beat him, right? And even if Smith gets away from the press, even if he beats the press off the line, he's not going to punish you. That's the whole point here is that, like, 
when you have fast receivers at the line, you can't always press them because if you press them and miss, they're going to beat you down the field. So you have to play off a little bit in order to make up for the speed that they give you. When a, when somebody is big, you don't want to press them because it's probably not going to be effective. You try to beat them and route running. You match their pattern. You play the catch point, that sort of thing. If somebody like Devonta Smith is neither fast, nor is he especially gifted against beating press, he makes his money on running precise routes and he is pretty aggressive at the catch point. We have to give him that. But a player like that, NFL cornerbacks are going to get up in his face, push him around, and they're going to push him off his route. And unless he figures out how to beat that or gets muscle on his body, it's not going to work. And so at 12 overall, I understand there's huge upside with Devonta Smith. He literally put together one of the best college wide receiver seasons we've ever seen. But I think there's so many players here without those concerns that I'd be much more happy, much more comfortable taking than, than Devonta Smith. So, we made a couple of jokes before, but like Greg Cosell mentioned in a, in a in an interview or a podcast, he said, I, I forget along the lines, press might not be Devontae Smith's biggest issue. It's how small he is and how easily it corners who can match his speed will probably push him toward the boundary. Yeah. Because you're going to have to play. He's going to, to get your value, you're going to put him on the outside. You're not going to put him in the, in the slot oh, no, every play. No. You're going to need him on the outside. A big corner like Slay, like, you know, Lattimore, Humphrey, Sherman. Bradbury, Sherman, they're going to put white. They're going to push him toward the boundary. And ha- unless he's running past them, I feel like he'll be great on the inside. But if again, then that limits your down the field ability. If they're playing in tight, can he get a, can he out muscle them? Can he make plays contestedly? The NFL is a completely different game than college. Like, yeah, he can destroy Pete Werner in the or uh, I forget the linebacker he beat a few times in the national championship game. Borland, I think it's Buff Borland. You could beat those guys, but this is a different league, and I I just don't. It's just hard to bet. If he's great, then great. I whatever. But banking on an outlier, I just don't see it. At twelfth overall, I don't see it. No, it's too high. So we've gone through the four pass catchers. We've gone through the best offensive tackle. We've gone through the top two cornerbacks and the top edge rusher. Let's round out the cornerback class, a player that I don't think the Eagles are considering. Very talented, but other concerns. Caleb Farley, unfortunately, we lost Max. He had to run. So I'm going to kick this one to Donovan. Donovan, what do you think of Virginia Tech cornerback Caleb Farley? Farley is, you know, he's kind of, his stock is kind of dropped. I don't see him, you know, injuries. Uh, he had the he had surgery, I believe, on his what was back. His, his back, yeah. So, you know, the injury kind of caught up with him. Um, I think if you would have asked me about a month ago, I would say Caleb Farley was in a big was a big play if the Eagles were to trade back, which they did. But you know, we were talking about could the Eagles trade back, and Caleb Farley was one of the names that we brought up. But I think Caleb Farley was a good corner, top three corner. We actually talked about him a little more than J.C. Horn uh, about a month ago. We talked about Sertan and, and Farley being the two cornerbacks of this class. And so I think I think Farley would, you know, he will be there at 12, but I, I don't see the Eagles – I don't see the Eagles having him on the board. And Farley, I believe, will sp- sl- uh, slip out of the top 20 – he might go early twenties, maybe even late twenties, um, with that injury. It, it, back injury is a is a tough injury. He's also it, had an ACL. He also tore his ACL a few years ago. Yeah, yeah. So I mean, it, it's a tough, it's a tough, you know, tough thing. Injuries, but I don't, I don't see the Eagles really being that interested in Caleb Farley. So, yeah, yeah. I agree. I think injuries are what you have to consider with Farley. He's one of the most talented corners in the class, but I don't think the Eagles want to go back down that route, Um, especially with so many other talented players on the board. And one of those talented players, somebody I actually really like and I'm intrigued by Northwestern's offensive tackle, Rashawn Slater. The big thing with Rashawn 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 Slater? What? Rayshon Nader Slater. The uh, yeah, that's that's right. He he. I, I don't know if he looks that much like me, but you know, maybe if I was you know, 160 pounds, Doing heavier. 700 pound front squats with glasses on. <laughs> yeah. And, and, and played football. Maybe I would. Here's the thing about the thing about bit. the thing about Slater too, is we kind of mentioned it a little bit about Penny Sewell too, is that he's, he's flexible. He could be moved to guard possibility as a possibility. 
And, you know, whether the Eagles have a need for a guard, not really. They do. I mean, Brandon Brooks, yeah, I mean, you could say Brandon Brooks. Isaac Sayumalo has been playing great the last couple of seasons. Very underrated. One of the most underrated Eagles of all time um, in his span with the Eagles. And But Brandon Brooks, I mean, he's not getting any younger. He's, what, I believe 31, 32. I'm surprised they restructured his deal. I swore they were going to – I thought they were going to try. It was They could. I thought they were going to trade him. It seems like they were very open to it. I, that, honestly, the market for trades this year sucked unless you were a yeah. quarterback. So I'm, I'm not surprised they didn't get anything. Rashawn's, I yeah, Rashawn, I thought they were going to cut him next year. Yeah, Rashawn Slater could be a play for the Eagles. I wouldn't be surprised. And, you know, he could have that flexibility where he could move from the outside to the inside or vice versa. It doesn't matter. It reminds me a lot of Zach Martin. That's the thing. Yeah. It reminds me a lot of Martin. I think he's going to move into guard. I think he's going to be – he wants to play tackle. I think teams see him as a right tackle, which for the Eagles kind of gets complicated because you're not cutting Lane Johnson and taking $40 million in dead cap mm-hmm. to cut Lane Johnson. So are you – so now you're sitting there waiting for either a spotted guard to open up, which it will in a year because I think Isaac's going to slide over to center, which honestly is pretty good for him because he's probably going to get – I thought he was going to get an extension this year. Probably the best for him now because he can slide over to center and then get a new deal. That's beside the point. Slater slides in at left guard. They are okay with a player and not playing. See, that's um, when they took Dillard. They were like, yeah, he's probably going to sit. But Jason Peters is so old. He's going to get hurt. He's mm-hmm. going to play. Isaac has been relatively healthy. Brooks has not. But I think they really like Jack Driscoll at right guard. So it's tough. They do have some young guards. I think they would probably – consider Slater but like if he's there I don't know if he even gets there I think Dallas and New York at 10 and 11 are like pretty prime spots for Slater because I think Dallas could see again hey look Zach Martin again we'll put him at guard because our line sucks and the Giants who cut Kevin Zeitler could say hey we're gonna play this kid at right guard and he might be the right tackle in two years so I think the Eagles would consider it I don't know how likely it is but I think they definitely consider it why would you you have to consider it especially when Jordan Mailata is still a question mark, and Andre Dillard is Andre Dillard. Yeah, I mean, I, I was not interested in Slater at 12 if he could only play tackle. If you're going to take a tackle right now, it would only have to be an elite talent, and I think Sewell is that, but Slater is not. Given that he can probably play guard, I think Brandon Brooks has injury concerns. He's getting up there in age. Jason Kelsey is going to retire after this year, most likely. Sam Al is going to kick into center. Jay's right. They like Jack Driscoll. I don't think they're going to take Rashawn Slater. I don't think he's going to be there. But I am intrigued, definitely, by the possibility of adding to the offensive line and getting somebody with that versatility that can play in, maybe slot in for Lane Johnson or slot in for Brandon Brooks or slot in for Isaac Samal, something like that. So it maybe is a year too early to think for a versatile offensive lineman, so I don't think it's going to be Slater. I ended up th- I, I think he goes top 10, so it doesn't end up mattering. Let's try to run through these last couple names first. Um the only other names we have, both defensive ends. Uh, one of you can talk about uh, both of these. Gregory Rousseau, the edge out of Miami. Uh, they kind of go hand-to-hand, honestly. Yeah, and Jalen, Jalen Phillips, Phillips yeah. the edge out of Miami. Both of them play together, teammates at Miami. Uh, Rousseau, I think, has injury concerns a little bit. They, they was, both do. Oh, they both do. They I both, mean, okay, so oh, there you go. Phillips, hey, Donovan, go ahead. Go ahead and hit both of them. Okay, so honestly, you know, Rousseau – a year ago was a great prospect could have been a high pick. He skipped out on the, the recent season due to COVID and he had his pro day. Didn't do well at all. Jalen Phillips had a better pro day than him. And I think they kind of struggle at the same things. I mean, don't get me wrong. My Miami hurricanes had a fantastic defensive line this year. They have another name that's slipping by me right now. And he's, he could easily go day two. And I think, you know, the Miami hurricanes had a great defensive line, but you know, Jalen Phillips had an ankle injury and a wrist injury, and I believe he had a concussion he issue med- too. Jalen Phillips medically retired from football two years ago because yeah. of concussions, which yeah, is he- automatically like a wow, that's a really bad red flag. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, he's just been battling injuries his entire his entire football life so far. So, I mean, they're 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 two very similar i would say they're similar players um i think they struggle in in the same areas uh they their strength they're below average core strength I, I i don't know i just i don't see the eagles if they're gonna go defensive end they're gonna go edge rusher i see it being quitty pay and nobody else i don't see them considering I, I 
considering Jalen Phillips or Gregory Rousseau, I just don't see it as a possibility. They both Especially – as, and as, I'm sorry, uh, I just don't see Gregory Rousseau – honestly, I think Gregory Rousseau could go – in the later half of the top in the in the first round maybe even I'm going the first out. Round. yeah i mean there's he could two, yeah there's two major red flags with both of them one jalen phillips medically retired from football because of concussions that is scary if you're a football team because you're looking and saying one one slip and some lineman smacks this kid in the head and his career is over we're never going to get anything out of him gregory rousseau so, like, if the 40 time is big for quarterbacks and wide receivers the three cone drill is big for uh, defensive ends. The average defensive end three cone, I think, is like close to seven seconds. But Gregory Rousseau was at seven and a half, like seven point thirty-five seconds. It was an awful three cone. He just doesn't have the bend or the leverage. He had one big year of college production, but I think people now look at him and say, "You probably are just bigger than the guys you played against." There's no real technique. He's so raw. I've seen some people suggest, why don't you just put on 20 pounds and play three tech? Because he's just, there's just not that. He doesn't have the skill to be an edge rusher. I could see him going in the first round because he's because of that one year. And they say, Hey, this kid's still a pretty good athlete. We're going to try him out. I see the team taking Jalen Phillips in the first round. Cause they're going to say, Hey, he was healthy a year ago. We can hopefully manage this issue with his concussions. And let's go from there. I just don't think – I think those are two rather large red flags for them. I think the only edge rusher – there's another guy, but we don't need to talk about him. I don't think – I would probably put Phillips and Rousseau behind Pay and uh, the, the Georgia edge rusher, Aziz Olohar. Oh, okay. I thought you were just not going to try to pronounce his name. Okay. You did good, though. Try. You did good. You did good, Ojolari. though. Ojolari. Okay. You, Ojolari. You did all right. You did all right. I don't want Jason. I would not even sniff. I don't know why Jason Oa is a first-round prospect. That just stuns me. He's just an athlete. Mm-hmm. Treef Miller was an athlete. <laughs> it's it's You know what? Eagles Eagles fans just see Penn State, and they just – Well, they, some team was going to take him in the first round. I could, yeah. I like, it's just, it just screams Mickey Loomis and the Saints for some reason. I gotta, I gotta jump in here. We mentioned Penn State before we get hate comments on Instagram. The last guy we're gonna talk about, we were gonna talk about Elijah Vera Tucker, interior offensive lineman. He's a trade back candidate. We'll hit him on another podcast. Same thing as Slater, uh, guard. Yeah. Here's a guy. This is gonna take a longer discussion that we're not gonna have right now because we're running out of time. But the Eagles are not taking a linebacker in the first round. Get no. that through your head, please. Uh, Micah Parsons, Penn State linebacker. Is a top talent. I don't think he's on the Eagles board. Maybe if they trade down, he might go anywhere in the first round, but I don't think the Eagles are considering him. Unless and he, rightfully unless so. they can project him in that Anthony Barr type role, which I guess makes he would sense. literally have to be Luke Keekley to be taken in the first round. Yeah. And then you and then you look first off, he would have to be elite just to be in consideration. Plus, you got a guy who is some shaky character off the field issues. Whether they're yeah. whether they're true or not, whether they're overblown or not, they're there and they're oddly and they're weird and they're dis like really discouraging that you don't really want to bring him in. And you you kind of want your you know old school football, your linebackers, the, the captain of the defense and is that the guy you want? I feel like he could go pretty high or pretty low. I don't really know. I just but the Eagles aren't taking a linebacker. They you don't want a Reuben Foster. They're not going to take. They're not taking Jeremiah Uusu Cormea, the linebacker out of Notre Dame, because he's a safety slash linebacker. The issue with taking tweeners or versatile players is that they can't do them both year one. <laughs> Isaiah Simmons. <laughs> exactly, Isaiah Simmons. Great athlete, great football player. The they issue, didn't know. They didn't know where to line him up. They didn't know how to use him. But they all. But they also think, where did he know how to do? No. Yeah. No. You're, you're right. I'm saying. Yeah. But yeah, it takes time for these tweeners or these players who you want to do who are like, oh, he can do a lot of things. You have to start with one thing, and that's probably going to be linebacker or safety. Neither of those positions are worth a top twelve pick. That's I'm sorry. Like this kid, he's not Derwin James, who even who fell. This is not Jamal Adams, who honestly was he worth the top? 12, I couldn't believe Derwin James fell that year. Ten pick at that at this point in time, no. So it's not worth it. But that's really all our prospects. Yeah, yeah. I I think you know we're, again we're running late on time here, so I'm going to do a lightning round last last 
final thoughts. First of all, we're going to have a lot of things for our followers and our listeners coming out. We're going to talk about it more next week. Um, some fun ideas. We want to thank everybody. We see, be seeing more five-star reviews on our podcast. We're going to read a couple of those next week. Please leave questions in the five-star reviews if you want us to answer them. Um, thank you, everybody, for your support. Final thoughts before we go. We're going to do a lightning round. Uh, we're going to steal this idea very quickly from BGN Radio, Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. Uh, good podcast. We're going to go two round snake draft. The most likely player the Eagles are going to take at number 12. Uh, and we'll let Jay go first. It'll be Jay, Donovan, me, me, Donovan, Jay. And we're each going to take one player, not a lot of explanation. We're going to maybe one sentence and talk about, you know, take a player that we think is the likeliest the Eagles are going to pick at number 12. Jay, I'll let you go first. I'm going to go with JC Horn. JC Horn. Okay. okay. I'll go with Quiddy Pay. That leaves me in a very precarious situation. <laughs> actually, here. actually, I'll change it. Jamal Waddle. Okay. Donovan takes Cause I, Waddle. Because I think because I genuinely think there's a real possibility that he does make it to slip. 12. Yeah. I, I do. Will, I do. In that case, I'll go uh, I'll go Quiddy Pay at three. And my fourth pick, my second pick will be Patrick Sertain. I'll go Rashawn Slater. I'll go. God damn it. <laughs> I will go <laughs> Aziz Oli. all right so i mean folks that's the podcast um and hopefully this helps you a little bit understand who the eagles might be considering at 12 uh we're going to keep up the draft content please let us know if you have any questions anything you want us to take a look at uh leave that in the five-star reviews dm us uh anything you want really happy um for the about the support thankful for all of our listeners and uh that's all i got anything else you guys want to add before we sign off no, give me the five k. Give me the ten k, please. Donovan gets the ten k. Fighting Phils. I'm just, I'm just gonna say it every podcast until I get it. So, like my, my final thought: Phillies five and one, Red October. Baby. Okay, I didn't think we were gonna All talk right, about that. Cutting it off there. All right, goodbye. See you, everybody. Buying the birds.